0: And welcome to another episode of the Guys with Feelings podcast, where two guys discuss the ideas, influences, epiphanies, and yes, the feelings that make them better men. My name is Jamin Yee. And I'm Gabe Rose. And today we're joined once again by our resident pop culture expert and lawyer, Alan I. Alan, how are you
1: doing? Top of the morning to you.
2: So, uh, Alan, it's good to have you here. We, um, we've we convened this uh, Zoom podcast session uh, because, as the two of you know, we have something really important that we need to talk about. Um, but before we do that, it does seem like we should talk about the other really important thing going on right now, which is the uh, three of us, like everyone else, basically in America, have all been quarantined in our homes for the last... <laughs> Three weeks to deal with uh, the totally insane pandemic that's ripping through our world. Um, the
0: world is ending. Brace yeah. yourselves.
2: Yeah. So, um, you know, obviously everyone out there is, you know, reading and listening to a lot of stuff about this. I'm not sure, you know, you're definitely not going to get, you know, breaking news or sound, you know, uh, public health advice from us. Uh, but thought we should at least start with a little bit of just like, how are you guys doing? How are you making it through? How's your life been? what's been sort of your, your experience the last few weeks?
0: Well, it's been interesting. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, for me, it, it's, it's, it, it was a very interesting time. I had just literally just gotten on a flight back from Mexico, uh, and from hanging out with you guys in LA. And then I stopped into my parents' house, was ready to unpack everything. And then this all got serious and quarantine was happening and, and yeah, um, I'm basically here for a little while. Um, but I don't know. It's, it's kind of funny cause it's, this is often like my parents' place is often the place I'd retreat to over the last few years when I was feeling like really sick from my hypothyroidism. So um, in a lot of ways, like this feels like just basically like what I've been doing for the last few years, Um, except I actually health wise, I actually feel pretty great, but, but externally it's like all the same stuff. I'm just, you know, reading a lot, going on lots of long walks, uh, just hanging out in the backyard, trying to get some sun, not seeing too many people socially. So, um, yeah, so it's, it's been in some ways it's actually feels very familiar, except when I you know, open my Facebook feed or read the newspaper and, and hear you know, from friends who are going through really difficult times and stuff. So, yeah. So that's the part that, that makes us a little different. How about you? Alan,
1: what you come up to? Um, For me, it's been okay. I think, you know, one thing is I feel very lucky and and privileged um, to have a job where I can work from home. So, you know, pretty early on I was doing that and, my work could be done remotely pretty effectively. Um, So I think my day-to-day has been kind of normal and, you know, just clocking in working and, you know, personally it's, I don't, I I gained three hours, like not commuting because (laughs) I was commuting a lot. And so I feel like I'm doing a lot of like kind of normal life stuff that like I always wanted to do, but wasn't able to just like, you know, simple things like cooking every day and like cleaning up right after and you know started getting um like a csa box so i've been kind of like just getting into like um some normal life stuff that i wanted to do but you know at the same time sometimes feeling kind of guilty about that just knowing that you know how other, how other people are kind of like struggling and feeling kind of very grateful for people, you know, working in the service industry and stuff like that. Like a lot of it, as you're saying, like if I was just kind of in my bubble, I wouldn't really notice what was going on if I wasn't reading the news. But then when I go for a walk outside, like a lot of businesses like are boarded up and, you know, just like so many people are going through a hard time. So it, it is definitely like, for me, it's weird because like, I think in some ways like personally it's nice like that i am living with cassette and that's been really good to to have like a partner go through this together with and kind of doing some life things um that kind of i didn't maybe have time or prioritize in in the past but then also this it's because of this like pandemic that is you know killing people
0: yeah totally how's
1: it been for you gabe
2: yeah, I mean, I think the guilt piece definitely resonates for me. I think I spent a lot of time, I think, especially the first week or two, just sort of struggling with that and yeah. how to sort of reconcile the dichotomy of like, oh, just my day to day experience of the world. If I'm not reading the news and I'm, you know, I'm still off social, um, it's like, oh, this is like lots that's wonderful and beautiful about this time, slower pace, lots of time. A lot of my closest friends and family, you know, including you two, yeah. are not. Uh, geographically that close to me anyways. So I'm actually in terms of like a lot of the most important people in my life, getting to connect with them a lot more now than I would have otherwise. Um, But yeah, I think I've just, I've just been sort of working through that. I think come like, I think this last week was week three, just sort of trying to get a different, I mean, the guilt doesn't actually help anyone at the end of the day. So just trying to be mindful of, of, um, sort of like the privilege I feel like I have in this moment and, and feel the gratitude for it. And then just trying to figure out, okay, where well, there's actionable things I can do that matter. That would actually help someone. Like, I right. blood. like I'm just trying to find like other little things, at least, you know, I'm not a healthcare professional or sort of other, um, don't have like a lot of other super relevant skills, but just trying to find like, okay, where there's things I can do that could matter on some tiny level, just try to do them. Um, and otherwise just try to, you know, it, I've been like struggling with like, I, again, the guilt piece, like I feel basically fine. Like most of the time I feel happy mm-hmm. um, and fulfilled. And I think another thing I was sort of thinking about and talking about a little more recently is like maybe another way I add value. I think this time has been harder for Sarah for a number of reasons, including the fact that like, you know, we're due with the first kid in two months. Right. Um, there's just like a lot extra emotionally wrapped up in that for both of us, but you know, she feels it more acutely than I do. Um, but just been thinking about like, Oh, I think the, one of the ways I could add value, at least to the closest people in my life is because I do feel basically, okay. Like I have more emotional reserves to just take on other people's stuff and sit with it and, and just be, um, I don't know, just be there as if nothing else, just sit here to listen. Um, yeah. And just do what I can to try to support any challenges like other people I love are having um, at a time when things right now feel pretty easy. And then that's the other weird dichotomy is to feel like, oh, like right now things are fine. But like all of us knowing, you know, two, four weeks from now, things yeah. could be really not fine for totally. people in our lives that we really love. So that's, um, yeah, it's just been, it's been nice and hard and deeply weird i guess yeah like all at once totally
0: yeah i feel like that that guilt thing um i mean that's real uh and i think it's great to be aware of that like we are just super privileged and super lucky to not have our our way of life threatened too much by this so far right um and you know i I see a lot of people talking about this and you know, there's there's people who are uh, really focused on like the the negative and the difficult parts of this, and then you have a lot of people who are just really focused on like, oh, but this is going to bring about a lot of positive change, and and this is a time for reflection and a time for you know to really bring awareness and um you know to to your to how you're living your life and things like that, and I think both aspects are valid, but um but I do see a lot of people like just taking one one side of that coin and totally ignoring the other. And I I think that's, that's when it's kind of a dangerous or unhealthy perspective. Um, And I mean, a time like this, as we're seeing, you know, as this is playing out, like, you know, day by day, we're seeing that when there's such a big disruption to life, as we know it, like every aspect of, of how we're doing things and how we're thinking about things is like put into question. And (laughs) There's so, so much is coming from this, like in all forms, you know, good, bad, difficult, um, beautiful, you know, like even, you know, you were telling me about uh, the bike ride you went on last week. Right. And yeah, like even in this time of like turmoil, like being in L.A., being out in the streets where they're just like just empty and led to kind of a serene, beautiful moment like.
2: Yeah, it's a, it a magical experience for yeah. terrible reasons. I mean, it's like <laughs> totally. all There we go. It's just yeah. all sort of wrapped up there. Yeah. Yeah, the I I the word profound has kept it just feels like a profound time.
0: It does. You know,
2: and it's just it's interesting as you think back to like other profound times that we just have like as stories, you know, like World War II or the right. 1918 flu or whatever that just we experience as just yeah. not even memories but just um, other people's memories it was sort of wonder like, Oh, what is it like to live through something like that? And like, we're, we're yeah. living through something. We're, like, we're living through something that's going to matter a hundred years from now. Yeah. You
1: know? And the, the fact that it's like collective, right. Everyone is going through this. Cause we probably have a lot of profound moments that we experience personally or individually, but the fact that everyone is kind of going through the same, well, not the same thing, but like going through this. Yeah. Um, yeah. and not that, just like,
0: not just everyone like in our city, or even yeah. our like state or country, like the entire world, which is wild. Like a literally a global event that we're all experiencing together. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I, the other thing about it that's just been so
2: interesting to me is just there's times where it feels sort of surreal and dreamlike in a way that I've never experienced. That, I don't think in my life where it's like, yeah. if I'm out for a run, um, and I just haven't read the news in the last few hours. By the way, I, I've never been so happy to be off social. <laughs> really. I know everyone else is using social more now. <laughs> really recommend at least trying, like, a, you know, 48-hour break. Um, and I've been, like, I still read a lot of news during the week, but weekends I'll do basically just no news. And it I feel the difference in my body. Like, when I do one or two days with just, like, no news consumption, it's really... Um, it's a, yeah. it's a huge difference. But um, totally. but there's just this surreal feeling sometimes if I'm out for a run or doing something else where there's nothing in front of me to indicate that there's a, this mm-hmm. massive, crazy global pandemic going on where it's just at moments I'm like, wait, is this real? Like, is this actually happening or am I yeah. in some weird dream? And it's like, I almost have to like intellectually like talk myself back into like, no, no, this is really happening because if you just go a few hours without any reminder in your field of vision it's just like it's sort of genuinely hard to believe totally
0: yeah it's um i know i've had i've had many instances like that as well like there'll be a few days where i go without maybe checking social media or checking the news and i literally forget this is happening and then i'll like walk outside and just see like how empty and quiet it is and like oh uh. oh yeah or I'm at the park and like I, I ran into some high school friends and and we're like, we're like oh hey and just 12 feet away you know just talking with this huge distance and people are all trying to avoid each other and it's like okay yeah this is um, yeah this is not life as usual yeah, yeah. in some ways it, it feels like I mean for those of us who are not being severely impacted, like, like, again, like, I'm able to have this positive perspective on it right now, because I've, I've been lucky enough, right, to, to still have work, uh, to be able to work from home. And also, as of now, like, no one I personally know has been affected yet. And like you're saying, in the next two to four weeks, like, that could all change. And then I'm not going to be sitting here like, zippity doo like, this is so <laughs> yeah. great for our transformation, even though, like, a part of me really does believe that as well but um i do want to be cognizant of the fact that like my my generally positive demeanor about this right now is very conditional <laughs> and and i've had yeah. a lot of the right conditions at this point you know um and that can all change very soon
2: yeah um, it's but, crazy i mean we're we're recording on is it april 5th today yeah you know at this point it seems like everybody who lives in new york knows somebody who's really sick or at 20
0: or thirty somebodies, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It's just like you're just like imagining what that would be like, and the fact that that might be us soon. It might not be. We right. all live in California, so it's like a live possibility. Nobody totally. knows. Totally.
0: Totally. And and like with everyone being forced into quarantine, it it really feels like in some weird ways, like the entire world has just been forced into like kind of a silent retreat of some sorts, like. It's just, yeah. With lots of zoom. <laughs> yeah. So not so silent, but a retreat of sorts where all of a sudden, like you get it, you have everything about your normal day to day, pretty much stripped away from you. And, and I think it's, I think it's been an interesting time for people to kind of, to think about their lives, to like realize, to not take things for granted, to, to get a better idea of like what things really matter to them and maybe what didn't. Um, Yeah. It's a very very interesting time for sure, yeah um
2: well, you know I think we we may have more to say about this as uh as the situation progresses <laughs> over the coming weeks and if we uh we all have a little more time now to record some apps um but wanted to uh make sure we we save some time to talk about the other really important thing um <laughs> Now I don't know if the two of you remember this. You probably do, because it was it was a pretty important moment for all of us. But it was almost exactly two years ago, oh. almost to the day, that the three of us on this same podcast
0: on this podcast. had a moment
2: that that I can say changed my life forever. Um, and I thought maybe we should just, you know, as as longtime listeners, no, you know, we do an episode called called Quick Picks, where each of us, you know, offer recommendations to each other and, you know, anyone out there listening. And, um, boy, two years ago, Alan, he really had, he had a doozy. <laughs> so my Quick
1: Pick is Bojack Horseman. It's a... <laughs> Cartoon animated show on Netflix uh, about a talking horse, as the name suggests. Um, and yeah, I think I part- don't know if the name suggests that. <laughs> his name is Pojack Horseman. I mean, Horseman. Horseman. Uh, Horseman. Okay. Yeah. Gabe, such a, such a neophile, neophyte at that time. <laughs> Just incredulous.
0: So he um, was incredulous. Did you hear that voice? Yeah. <laughs> I guarantee you, when he. When he was saying those words, he thought to himself, I will never watch this show. It will have zero impact on me. <laughs> I remember so so we gotta get into this a little bit. You know,
2: as the two of you know and other people that know me, like I basically don't watch anything on television. The last show I almost finished was The Wire ten years ago. Right. And I still I got to season five, I and then I never actually finished it. <laughs> um I don't think I've ever actually like like, watch, like, finish the whole show, start at the beginning, go through all the seasons, watch the series finale. I don't think in my entire life. Wow. Um, so, you know, people recommend shows to me, you know, just like everyone else, like all the time. And I just never bothered to watch Tiger them. King. I just sort of, yeah, that's a definite though. No. <laughs> it's a crazy show. If the show is too popular, it just automatically, yeah, like, yeah, I won't watch allowed. it.
1: G- Gabe is um, a show hipster. That. Gabe is a show hipster.
2: But, um, but I don't know. There was so, I remember that. But there's something about the way Alan recommended it, and Jamie. I think you'd started it too. I think you both. I don't Jamie know. Jamie had my it just, back
1: on that quick pick. Yeah,
2: it just it awoke something in me. I like. Um, I remember the end of that episode. You know, I was like, maybe I actually will give that show a shot. And here we are, two <laughs> years later. And the reason we had to record this podcast today is the three of us just got on a Netflix party hangout mm-hmm. a few Sponsoring days ago. Post. Quick Corona held- tip
0: for y'all. Netflix party, Google Chrome extension. Great way to watch shows w- with your friends.
2: Works pretty well, yeah. <laughs> um, the uh, And and virtually held hands together mm. and watched what for me was a really emotional experience, which was watching the series finale of yeah. probably my favorite television show ever which you know there's obviously not that many in the running but still yeah um i don't know it felt felt really important so i i know i felt like the only proper way i could say goodbye and have a sense of closure was to sit down and and you know do an episode with Let's you guys talk about it, talk about on it on a podcast. little bit yeah yeah like
1: like you know all our big life things <laughs>
2: yeah, yeah getting married having a kid finishing bojack like, yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. there we go just right, right up there. Up, right up there. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah Um. I, for one, am so excited for doing this because you know me and Alan, like we've loved film and TV for mm-hmm. our whole lives. But Gabriel Rose, like, yes, to see you so excited about a show, and a show about a talking cartoon horse, nonetheless, <laughs> which may or may not be evident from the name, <laughs> but um yeah it just brings me a lot of joy, and like i'm I'm really stoked to do this with you right here right now, and uh I'm sure Alan feels the same way
1: yeah no it it's awesome, like the fact that we can all share this together, yeah um, I feel like for a lot of, like, pop culture... Well, like, there are a few things that I think we all share, like, Kanye. <laughs> yeah, all things well, that's, Kanye.
0: That's been in... uh That's been a little shaky lately. Yeah, it's been a little yeah. shaky, but I'm just saying, like, He's in the past... He's tested our friendship. There, there,
1: there, there, are, there are a few pop culture things that all three of us can, like, really, like, nerd out to and really right. like. Usually, I think it's, like, me and Jamin. <laughs> or you and or, Gabe or, on the sports and, stuff. Yeah. Exactly, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, right. But the trifecta so like, of me, all three me, of us. Me and, me and Gabe with the sports... Me and Jamin with like shows and stuff, right? But like, or video games. Yeah. And it's very rare that the three of us all can kind of like get to, to really like enjoy a pop cultural moment or, or a piece of art like yeah. this. And, you know, given Gabe's history of hating TV shows, <laughs> this is just like monumental, you know, yeah. momentous occasion.
0: Totally. And it's such a special thing when you've, when you really like connect with the show, Mm. And you get really invested in it. And then like, you know, the ending, like, it's like, it's like finishing a book that you just fucking love. Like it's, it's a,
1: it can be a really emotional experience. And you don't want to turn, you like, you don't yeah. you read the last like paragraph, like super slow. Totally. Um, and that's kind of how it ended. No, you know, we're not going to get into the way, but like, I thought the ending was, was perfect. And just like kind of ambiguous, all of the emotions, just made you sit with like some uncomfortable feelings or just like made you sit with stuff. And that's how it ended. And that's kind of how it was throughout. Um, and it, yeah, we can get into the specifics later, yeah. but you know, well, six, six seasons. This is not like a short thing that Gabe just watched. <laughs> it is like, a, so many it's like episodes. a real thing. I will say yeah, episodes of 30 minutes, 30 minutes was, each. Yeah. So, you know, it was a yeah. you can do it. Not, it's not too <laughs> daunting, but yeah, but um, um well, I will say up we'll, top,
0: no spoilers will be uttered by us, like maybe maybe really light stuff, but we're just we're going to go more broad overview or um. and
2: maybe, yeah, maybe starting with the assumption that, you know, most folks listening to this haven't watched it yet. Um, Maybe we should just do a quick each of us like in a few sentences. Why did you love the show? Like, why was it so important to you?
0: Gabe, can you start us off? I cuz I'm so curious. Yeah, cuz you
1: the listeners have kind of heard us talk about it, but yeah, like give us your your What spirit. about
0: BoJack Horseman got to you? <laughs> yeah.
1: Man, when just none touch- of our
0: other shows that we recommended over our two decades of friendship <laughs> were able to penetrate that cold heart of yours. <laughs> just
2: touched my soul, I don't know. Um I just think it was as like a as a story and sort of form of art, it was It was so deeply human and about the human experience. And it felt like my and our generation's human experience. Mm. It was so funny. um, And it was so creative. Like the things they tried in terms of formats for how to tell stories were just so out of the box. um, But it worked. Like, they just, like, they, it felt like they were always fearless in terms of trying. I mean, every season, you have one or two episodes, at least, where you're just watching and you're like, I can't fucking believe they've made an episode this way. Like, it's yeah. just, like... To give an example,
0: like, imagine an entire episode where there is no dialogue at all, right? Or an entire episode where it's only one character monologuing for yeah. the entire, tw- you know, 20, 30 minute episode. Like...
2: They took uh, one, bold one, risks. One episode where the entire episode was Bojack on the phone with trying to cancel his newspaper subscription, and that was <laughs> for half an hour. That was the episode. And it was a great episode. It was a great episode. And you're yeah. like, how do they do this? It's a
0: bold show. They really, they really swing for it and connect. It's, it's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I think, I think that one of the things that just makes this show so special to me. Uh, I mean, the show is about. Uh, an alcoholic uh, horse who used to be like a famous sitcom star in the 90s you know imagine like a Cosby or something Um, and yeah and uh, he's just super destructive he's an addict he causes a lot of pain to the people in his life and he's trying to figure out how to get better and um, and often failing at it (laughs) and often like having some successes, but then stumbling and going backwards. And, um, for me, this show is like, and the reason I love it so much is it's, it's about growth. This show is about growth and healing and, and how difficult it can be to, to grow and to grow up as an adult, um, and to get back on the right track. And it's just, and it, it doesn't, doesn't hide how messy of a process that is either. Right. Like Bojack's Bojack's journey on this often feels like one step forward, two steps back, two steps forward, one step back. Right. It's like that. And that's how it works in life as well. Like growth is not a linear, clean line. Um, And uh, and yeah, there's just and there's so many uh, factors and aspects it takes into account that I've never seen happen on other shows. You know, like I mean, there are their examination of you know these characters issues dives into intergenerational trauma um just like the effect that depression a lot depression, of depression a lot of mentioned. mental health issues um even explores topics like asexuality um even i mean it it definitely goes into um the me too territory as well like pretty deeply i would say mm-hmm. yeah and um and it and it it doesn't hide like how messy um things can be in in this process of healing like can still be uh quite traumatic and quite difficult for the for the people involved um but that's that's what makes it feel so real for me you know even though it 's this wacky cartoon like the themes it's hitting on and what the characters are going to just feel so real to the point where you're just invested you're there are times when you're just absolutely devastated when things just break your heart and And the emotional truths it's hitting on feel as grounded as anything I've experienced in literature or, you know, prestige dramas, if not more sometimes, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Just to echo that, like the emotional truths that it hits and those just like heartfelt, raw, kind of just really real emotions. And it touches on so much just that I think resonates with our, our generation. Um, and it's not just one thing. And, you know, there'll be like some character that might be a side character or you'll think of and look at one way. Um, for example, let's just talk about um, Mr. Peanut Butter, who's, you know, and, and the a golden the sh- retriever, golden retriever, famous Mr. movie Peanut star. Butter. <laughs> Who's just this, like, you know, golden retriever personality, right? <laughs> like, he's kind of, like, the personification of a golden retriever, just, like, happy-go-lucky. And I think one of the things is, like, for all of us, it took a few episodes to get into. And I think the show is famous kind of for that, where it starts off as just kind of, like, a family guy type, you know, lots of gags. It's funny, you know, riffs on Hollywood, but it doesn't really hit the emotional core until the, the stuff that Jamin was just talking about till till a little later, and i think mr mean peanut like butter like second second you know, half of season 1 yeah, probably, second yeah. half of season 1 and mr yeah. peanut butter is kind of an example of that where the whole time he's kind of just played for for you know puppy dog jokes and he's just this happy go lucky character but then like slowly like layers of the onion start getting peeled back and you start seeing that like why is he this way how is he using that like optimism and happy go go luckiness to, to deal with like other insecurities and, and just like his relationship, his, his marriage. Um, and yeah. And it's just like this one character that was just kind of a joke, like, you know, comic relief type character, you start peeling back the layers and getting to like, you know, really real stuff. Um, and that's just one example.
2: Yeah. They don't let anyone stay one dimensional Mm -hmm. and like no one gets to be purely good or purely bad. Which I just thought was like, I was just thinking about that a lot more today. Just like their dedication to that. Like even the character that seems so perfect or so good for X number of episodes. Like eventually you see the other side. Even Mm -hmm. someone who seems like a complete asshole. Eventually you see their other side. Like nobody, they don't allow you to put anyone in a simple box. Which I think was a lot of what made it feel like so real and so Mm -hmm. human and, and deep to me.
1: Totally. Uh, mr peanut butter had a great uh, um self-like realization line um in in the last episode where he's like am i christopher nolan because it's not really about or am i a christopher nolan movie because it's not really about the women it's about me <laughs> <laughs> that was good yeah Yeah, yeah,
2: and like, and they weave together all these amazing plot lines throughout. Which you know, if you haven't seen it, none of these will make sense. So we won't spend a lot of time on them. But just for nostalgia's sake, like the the Hollywood celebrities game show is amazing. JD Salinger, (laughs) (laughs) JD Salinger cameo, the um the sex robot that Todd invents that then (laughs) winds up running a major company. It's just like, yeah. What were the other? Oh. Mr. Peanut Butter running for governor, like like <laughs> it's just like there's just stuff that's like all this stuff that yeah. goes like across multiple. There'll be like little three or four episode runs with like these random plot lines that'll just be just so outrageous and so funny. But but again, it's not just a stupid comedy.
1: Yeah, and yeah, that's the thing is like you could view it. I think you could view it in any way. And there is that, like, really deep emotional content. But it's also really outrageous and absurd and hilarious. And there's, like, a gag a minute that are, like, yeah. m- you know, it's one of those where there's just, like, so many, like, gags in the show that you can you rewatch can't catch it them all yeah. and pick up on just, like, these random animal puns and just, like, the name of signs in the background, like The Simpsons, where there's just so many gags that, like, I was just rewatching one today for for today's episode... Um, and <laughs> just in the background, there was a panda that was a mime and I, it took me a second to think about it, but he's a panda mime. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and there's <laughs> just like, yeah. there's such just great puns, great puns that yeah, I love doing yeah. jokes like that. There's yeah. just
0: every like, yeah, there's just a million animal pun jokes in every episode.
1: Yeah. yeah. If, not, if nothing, yeah. like, if you like animal puns, I think it's worth it for that.
2: Yeah. And it it was interesting to go back and watch some of the early episodes the last few days after finishing. Like, I feel like I felt this way for a while, that the creators, like, they love their characters. Like, you just mm-hmm. feel, like, the time and attention. Like, it, it just feels like, yeah, they they love and they know their characters really, really well. And it was really interesting going back and doing, like, early first season episodes it felt to me watching. I don't know if either of you had this feeling. I was like, "Oh, the early episodes. It feels like they actually didn't know their characters as well. Like the characters feel a little more stiff mm-hmm. hmm. and like not like they're like, like finding like, know, their voices. Yeah, it's like and it's cool to like juxtapose the first few with then like the later stuff. Yeah, and sort of yeah. see the way the writers and the characters found their voices over time. Yeah,
1: and like yeah, in the beginning, it's it's the comedy is a little more broad and the characters are more caricatures, but then they become you know, over time, just more and more three-dimensional. And I think that goes to, you know, what Gabe was saying, like, both, like, the creators kind of finding their voices, but also just, like, them hitting their stride and having time to develop these characters.
0: Yeah. And I was just, I was listening to, like, Netflix had little post-episode reflections from the cast. Um, And I was just watching it, and it was interesting. A lot of, the cast apparently didn't know what the show was going to be. Like, they only had the pilot episode when they were auditioning for it, and then when they signed on, and they were like, oh, this is some wacky family guy comedy. Awesome. Like, just like us, right? (laughs) And uh, the creator, is it Raphael Bob Waksberg? Yeah. Yeah. I don't even know how to pronounce his name. (laughs) Wakesberg. He said that it was such a joy for him to be sitting at each table reading for each new episode, and as it started to get, like, more emotional and darker, and the actors are like, where where is this going? Like, what do we sign up for? And I think that's that's that reflects the journey we went on with it too, you know.
2: Yeah, worth mentioning that the Bojack is the main character is voiced by Will Arnett of Job fame which you know An- another just, another game show, <laughs>
1: another game show.
2: Yeah. Yeah. the
0: only other show that game has watched yeah
2: i guess i did i finished the first three seasons i guess that counts as you know a show I finished. yeah that was the last show i really i really so whatever life, yeah. show
1: will arnett comes out next <laughs> <the
2: rest. laughs> well no say that he's on like 10 other ones <laughs> yeah i haven't watched but if it doesn't have will arnett then you know, it's obviously i'm out um, i think
0: yeah go ahead no go ahead uh, i think um just something else that I just love about the show. You know, we touched upon how they really explore um, things like addiction, depression, um, healing and growth, like in a way that I've, I haven't seen other shows explore before. And it's been fascinating. Like I, you know, it's it's I always love it when any medium explores these kinds of things because it it opens up a dialogue. Right. It gets people. Talking about these things, if people are struggling with these things themselves, they feel a little less alone. They feel like, you know, oh, maybe I'm not so crazy for going through this thing that, you know, actually millions of other people are going through. Um, but every episode I, of a show I usually love, I'll, after an episode, I'll usually go on to Reddit. And usually there'll be a subreddit for that show. And, I'll, and there'll usually be a post-episode discussion. And I'll always just kind of read through the comments and see what, what you know, random regular people are saying. And for this show, more than any other show I've watched, there are so many comments in each episode where someone who is struggling with addiction or depression or, you know, like uh the, the issues that Diane is struggling with, with what, you know, her purpose and stuff. Like, there's so many touch points for people to really feel like they're being they're they're seeing their journey and their struggle on screen in a way that they can relate to. And it's just so beautiful. Like every episode. I'll see so many comments of people being like, you know, like this actually made me decide to start going back to therapy or this made me realize, like, I need to reach out for help because like (laughs) this could I could get a lot worse like BoJack, you know, Um, and you'll see other people writing back and being like, yeah, I I was in your exact place. And like it gets better, like, you know, and and offering support. And I've never seen that kind of um open conversation and almost yeah this like community and uh, of like support and shared understanding kind of sprout up around this and it just yeah it just makes me so happy and you'll see it if you look at youtube clips of the show go down to the comments and you'll see so many people just relating on a very deep and, and i think a healing level
1: yeah and i think other shows that kind of deal with it uh, or just like a kind of a narcissistic male protagonist that that has, like, toxic behaviors, it's hard not to kind of um, elevate that character, right? In, I'm thinking, like, Breaking Bad, for example. And I think this does a good job where you you like Bojack. Like, he's a charismatic character, but you see how deeply, like, problematic he is. Mm -hmm. And you kind of hold those two uh, emotions together at the same time and it doesn't it's like a show that isn't i don't think it's really judgmental either and i think that kind of ties into what you're saying is like it presents these things as as very human and it's that is what makes you know you can resonate with that and and kind of you know apply that to, to your life or, or take what you will from it in a just like a very in a way that just kind of connects on a very human level.
2: Totally. It's uh it's also a vicious parody of Hollywood. <laughs> like throughout <laughs> from episode one all the way to the end, just like a vicious parody of Hollywood. Obviously from people that are all part of Hollywood. <laughs> and there's so many cameos of like people poking fun at themselves, like actor yeah. like like well, it's
1: just If anything, we all know Gabe loves a good uh, L.A. parody, Mr. L.A. uh, over there, you know, Mr. Industry.
2: No, it's an extra added bonus. I think the other thing I say is like the generational split is so interesting. So I've had a perfect hit rate, I think, four out of four or five out of five with people of, you know, our millennial whatever generation.
0: Like recommending um,
2: it? Recommending this to and people loving it and watching it all the way through and just like, and, you know, 10 out of 10 loving it. I've had a 0% hit rate with anyone, like our parents' generation, <laughs> like in that age. Like I've just, everyone who's over 55, 60 that I've recommended it to, like nobody's gotten into it. And I really think it is, I think like this sort of the focus on like growth and the questions it's asking the way it's wrestling with like, what's my purpose and what's our purpose and what is life about? I, something about how it does that is sort of does it in a way that I think we do. Do it, and mm-hmm. maybe either like our parents' generation or older generations either didn't do when they were our age. They were asking sort of different questions, or maybe they did do, but that's that was just thirty years ago. And it's just not that interesting to them anymore. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I guess uh, one implication of that is if you're listening to this, you know, I haven't crunched the the demographic info too <laughs> narrowly, but if you're listening to this podcast. You're probably in our generation, and you're probably <laughs> the type of person that's going to love this show.
1: It's a show with feelings. It is a show it with It with is feelings. a show with feelings. Oh, Very that is much for so. Sure.
0: And they a, kinda they kinda trick you. They they covertly sneak up on you and gut punch you. Just
1: just like just like us, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. sneaking up on, on you with the feelings. <laughs> like you invite me on the show to talk about pop culture, but really you just no. always like try to get me to say something that like, <laughs> is very to extract vulnerable your feelings. And uh, yeah. um, but okay, one question I had for you, um both of you, but also Gabe. I don't think Gabe watches a lot of like cartoons or animation. So what was your experience watching it? Like the medium itself and how do you think it kind of helped or, or how were they able to tell that story through animation and what was your kind of experience with that?
2: Yeah, I thought it was, I mean, I loved it. I thought it's what made the whole thing. Like you couldn't have done 90% of the stuff they did if it wasn't animated. I just loved the, the wackiness of it. And again, like the creativity with the format of storytelling was just, um, yeah, they got to do stuff that was so outside of the box because the animation and because they just were, I felt like really courageous in terms of how how they told stories. So, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I can't even imagine it another way. And it definitely made me appreciate sort of animation as a format more because it's like a tangible example of how you can, um, you can sort of, it's like, I think a lot of the, let's say, just like take the dialogue, right? Or the plot lines or whatever. I think if you're doing them in a way that was more quote unquote realistic, it would feel sort of corny or cheesy. It would feel almost like too on the nose. But because they were doing it with half animal, half human hybrids, <laughs> like in all these weird scenarios, I think it just allowed them to sort of, you could almost, because you were more fake, you could be more real.
1: Yeah. Yeah, kind of like what we were saying earlier um, is just like the defamiliarization. Uh, I can't, I can never say that word.
0: Defamiliarization? It's but- <laughs> <laughs> a tough but one. Yeah, yeah, I
1: think like that. Like, you know, when you're talking about like the surrealness of walking around your city um, when no one's out, that kind of viewing these, you know, common or just like human experiences and situations, but through a different lens that sometimes is wacky, but just like through animation, I think allows us to kind of look at it from a different perspective or way we, we wouldn't have. Um, And it just allows them to be so crazy and interesting with the format too, which I think they, you know, uh, they do so many cool things with it. Um,
0: Yeah. I think it actually allows them to dive into darker material then like if we were to see some of these things in live action would, would feel really just dis- like super disturbing or uh, really off-putting. I, I don't know. I think the animation almost makes it feel safer to like dive into a lot of these like deep topics. Yeah. It's almost just disarming, right? It's like the, the mm-hmm. gut punch we're talking about. It's like, Oh, this is a cute little cartoon. And then it starts to take you into like some really, some places that um, I don't know. You, you may not, you may not have seen yourself going. So you didn't.
2: Yeah. Just like Will Arnett, you didn't sign up for. It. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: Well, yeah. Raphael, Raphael, Bob, um, <laughs> Wakesburg, <laughs> he, we should really know how to say, his name. <laughs> but, um, he has another show, which also deals with like family trauma and yeah. other, other like kind of similar topics. And it's interesting because it's it's live-action animation. So it's still animated, but it's, like, in the Scanner Darkly. What are some other examples of that where it's, like, live-action rotoscope, right? Yeah. Um, and I watched the first episode and it was good. But even then, there is that, like, surreality of it being, like, animated and they could do interesting, like, psychedelic things. But even just, like, having it all be humans felt a little too real or heavy for me mm. where I just didn't want to continue watching it as much like i'll still watch it but i think bojack because of the way it's shot as like an animated cartoon with animals Mm -hmm. allows it to get like it allows it to get to that territory but still be like very watchable yeah totally um
2: did either of you have a favorite app you want to share or talk about
1: I mean, my favorite app. I'll let you talk about because I know you also like.
2: No, it. no, you should do it. You no, do I don't it. want to
1: talk about it because I, I did actually talk about it in in two years ago. Like, <laughs> oh, this really? One of the examples? Yeah. Well, okay. So, yeah. I mean, I just like really briefly. There's an episode where it's set underwater and it's completely silent. The whole episode is silent, and the medium or like the format really kind of fits the substance as well because. The episode is loosely structured around apologies and, and Bojack wanting to apologize for something, but being unable to. So that kind of like the the silence really fits that theme as well. But the way they do it is just like really creative. I don't know if you have anything at, to add to that that game. I know you like that episode as well.
2: Yeah, it was just another yeah. one where I just couldn't believe. As I was watching it, I was like, I just can't like, what the fuck? Yeah,
1: <laughs> this is
2: an. Ev- this is a whole episode. This is happening. You're like, like five minutes, like in, are ten they really, minutes in, are fifteen really minutes, in, you're this, like, oh, yeah. they're really gonna do the whole episode, without yeah. a single word of dialogue. And it was, but it was moving. Like I don't want yeah. to give it away, but it was yeah. just like there are parts of that episode that were deeply
1: emotionally moving, yeah. super moving, yeah. great punchline and- at the end. Also, yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> And they're, they're always doing creative stuff like that. Like, I don't even know if you noticed, but in this last season, I didn't even realize this until it was the episode ended, but there's an episode where it's only centered on the women in Bojack's life who he had ended up hurting through his actions. And, and none of our, none of the main characters appeared in that episode. Gina, the actress, Kelsey, the director, like all these, all these people who, um, Yeah. Who had basically become victims of his actions. Like we had an entire episode centered all around them and none of our main characters showed up. And I didn't even notice because it was just so engaging and so well done, but they're just always doing really, they're thinking about the format and they're always playing with it in like
1: very fascinating ways. And it's a show,
2: it's a show don't tell sort of approach, which Mm, is like all the, all the best
1: storytelling. And they do, they do interesting things with time um, and like, breaking up the linear structure um i just rewatched one uh for, for this one where it was diane um going to vietnam uh and it's kind of told in a structure of she's a writer so <laughs> of listicles so it's like a top 10 type <laughs> of oh, yeah. thing, and so it's that like great. you know 10 reasons to go to vietnam it was like number one and then like it'll do like little vignettes but then it'll jump back in time. And the episode starts, it's just like a cold open and it starts with her just crying. And it's just like her crying, sobbing to like, you know, poignant music. And then it jumps into this. And through the course of this structure, it jumps back forth in time. And then kind of like, you see why she was crying uh, at the beginning. And it kind of like all ties together from like beginning to end. And then, you know, I, I love the vignette structure. I think just in, in most things, I like the vignette structure where they're just like kind of like mood poems or or things where, as you're saying, it just like evokes a, a feeling and it's not necessarily linear or or telling you a, a straight narrative, but like you just feel for a character or you feel a, a type of way. And I think the show is really creative in doing things like that and messing with structure to tell these stories in kind of uh, unconventional ways. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It reminds me of my other favorite episode, which was a much, ultimately a darker one, but the, you know, where I won't say much because it it actually is a big spoiler, but when he winds up on the boat going back to LA is the end of the episode. Mm. The prom, the balloon. Yes. I think it's end of episode, uh, end of season three. That was, that was my favorite, like, tougher. That was, <laughs> that, was, that was a heartbreaking. That was a heartbreak. But it yeah. was amazing. Gut punch. Yeah, yeah
0: I feel like And with real moments of, like, such beauty in mm-hmm.
1: it, too. Yeah. Like,
2: I just I remember can't. sitting there for, like, ten minutes after that episode and just staring at the computer
1: screen. Like, oh my god, what happened? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I I think I had that same reaction to that episode. And I can't really think of that many, like, any other shows that have made me have that uh, reaction right yeah like it was saying that like the the
0: when you're saying the generational thing like it really does feel like this show just feels so specific to like our generation's like yeah way of going through life l- looking for purpose trying to find meaning like uh, yeah it just and it hits on that like i don't know it hits on that in in, in, a, in a way that really like that resonates it really gets under your skin you know yeah. It, it feels very unique that I haven't experienced with another show before
2: um, I have another I have another question for you guys what um one of the things that just like pops out to me about the show one of the reasons I'm so fascinated by it is I feel like it's so underrated like it's so good the quality versus how popular it is just seems like way <laughs> out of whack to me I'm just curious like what other show if you have another show, that you think since unlike me, you guys actually watch stuff um, mm. that you, you would say is like similarly underrated where like how good it is versus how popular it got, how much people like it, how much acclaim it has is so far yeah. out of
1: whack. I'll, I'll get back to your question. One thing I've heard from people is like, who liked the show and watch it was like, it wasn't funny it, enough for them. Or it was like it, the humor wasn't the centerpiece and it got mm. like, they didn't want to, feel those feelings or you know they're watching tv and i just want to watch kind of like a not a dumb comedy but escapism i guess and i think that's one thing i've heard from people who otherwise you know would be its demographic or it's like oh it's like i don't want to like get into these examinations of like
2: uh, life's purpose life's
1: purpose depression and like toxic masculinity you know um, so that's it that's makes kind it of so thing fun. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> for I mean, like for guys with feelings. Yeah, <laughs> um, I don't know, Jamin. Do you have any other shows that are underrated or? I mean, I can't think of a specific example like this. Like, you, there's definitely
0: lots of shows out there that are amazing and not enough people watch them. But this is a specific show where I think the disconnect between how amazing it is and how dumb it looks. When you see it in your Netflix screen, I I can't think of a bigger disconnect. And that's part of what makes the show so special, right? Like, again, it's that, it just, it kind of tricks you. It's like a
2: gem (laughs) just hiding in plain sight. I think
1: there are other shows or stuff that, are underrated, but they're challenging. And that's kind of why you don't watch them because yeah. it's like yeah. literary. Cause the humor is like or, too weird or it's or, like, or it's like, yeah, it's like very surreal and it's like a challenging f- film that you have to pay like a lot of attention to. Very and, dramatic, very heavy. Um, so there's probably stuff like that, that that's underrated, but like to, to Jamin's point, like the disconnect between like how it's presented on Netflix like the the background trailer, yeah, the trailer versus, (laughs) you know what it is. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I can't even think like, the thing is we've set the bar so high (laughs) on our racks to Gabe. Like, I feel like I need to go sit with this question and, and, you know,
0: yeah. Yeah. I will say one last thing I'll, I'll say about the show is, um, you know, we were talking about how like anti-hero shows are very popular right now. Right. Like, Walter White in Breaking Bad, uh, John Hamm's character in Mad Men, and and so on. And um, I think just one thing that's so unique about this show was like, okay, when you're asking about favorite episode, like I couldn't think of a specific favorite episode, but I I loved that the season they had a whole season that went into the intergenerational trauma and basically like. Yeah like oh bojack's a shitty person like that's where usually the anti hero stories kind of end they're like oh he's a shitty person let's just focus on like how cool and shitty he he can be you know how tragic is that and this was a show that actually explored like what caused him to be this way and 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 really like exploring like how our upbringings and and how trauma that our parents have maybe gone through and and, and unintentionally can pass down to us um trauma's like war that that entire um you know generations of people can go through like this stuff all sticks with us it has ramifications and it gets passed down and like this is not some woo-woo bullshit like this is this is as tangible as this desk that i'm you know sitting in front of and for a show to explore that i thought was so incredible like um i think this is obviously something like I think about a lot and I know you guys do, you know, we go through therapy. We, we like talking about self growth, but for the average person, I don't think anyone ever thinks beyond, Oh, that person's shitty. That's a shitty person. And for you to start asking the questions, like what led to that, what pains, what traumas, what, what things happened in their upbringing that, that could lead someone into acting in this way. um, I think is such a, such an important thing to explore. And, I'm really excited for more media to make that a part of their stories moving forward. You know, I think this is a reflection of like of where our generation is ca- starting to come to in our understanding of our own psychology and, and, uh, and how we're acting emotionally. Like we're becoming the ge- the generation that's doing a lot of self work and is, and doing a lot of self reflection and, and going deeper in there. And I think we're starting to see like, you know, with a show like this, it feels kind of at, the forefront of reflecting like where we're starting to get to culturally with this stuff. Um, so yeah. yeah, I'm excited to see, see more, I would call like emotionally mature shows like this on air. Um, Cause often I feel like I'm watching shows that have amazing writing, great artists. And I can just tell the people who are creating that work have a pretty uh, superficial or basic or, you know, view of like how humans work, how psychology works, how, how our emotions work.
1: Hey, um, man, millions of people love the bachelor. All right. <laughs> <laughs> this is true. And no, love is I mean, the... <laughs> Some of
2: the, I mean, some of the episodes that either were entirely about or largely about depression, like the nuance with which you're going into, you're like, Oh, like a lot of these writers have struggled with depression and have a lot yeah. to say about what that's like. You're just like, There's no way you could be getting that deep into the nuances of the experience without having struggled with it and, and cared about struggling and and wanting to sort of shine a light on what that struggles
0: like. Right. And, uh, and, and from your own perspective, understand, understand it, right. Understand what that experience is like.
1: And And like, yeah, Diane's narrative with that is so good. And like the last, we talked about this a little bit when we watched the last uh, two episodes together, but just like, kind of her I don't know is this a spoiler I guess if you know you can stop listening for the next 30 minutes but like you kind of her struggling with going on antidepressants and like her relationship with her boyfriend um kind of through that like that I don't know that exploration felt like so so real and so good to me I don't I don't have like anything profound to say about it, but just like, Mm. I haven't seen much media capture it, you know, quite in that way. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And I'll just say like, I, I don't think it's a spoiler. I, I sort of wish I'd realized it earlier when I was watching. It's like the whole time you have a bunch of like supporting characters that, um, that all feel all feel really important to the show. Like they're all sort of part of the family of, like, the informal family of the show. And I think as I was watching it, I just... I was like, oh, Diane's just one of those characters. There's, like, Diane and Mr. Peanut Butter and Todd and Princess Carolyn, and it's just, like, that's probably the four, right? Plus Bojack, that, like, really, really matters for the show. Um, I didn't realize till the end, and then when I went back and rewatched it in the beginning, like, Diane is actually first among equals. Like, it's really about... I feel like... It, like Diane and Bojack are would actually move the show in a way that like I didn't actually realize until, um, and she's just, she, after it ended, I realized what a special character she was in a way that I felt like I missed a little bit as the show was, was happening in real time.
0: Totally. Awesome.
2: Anything else that you guys feel like we, we have to say about Bojack before we, uh, before we wrap
0: no i'm just I'm just honored that uh that we got to watch the last two episodes together of a show that Gabe actually fell in love with yeah. <laughs> and was right. deeply moved by right. my first love it was it, so it was so awesome to get to yeah. that we were all using this app um we were all able to like watch a show together and we had our we had our video chat little mm. zoom window up so we could like hear each other laughing during jokes and smiling or being in shock at certain scenes and even though we're all, you know, far apart and quarantined right now, it was like such a beautiful, I don't know, it such a beautiful moment we all got to share together.
1: Yeah, so. it's great to share it with you. And yeah, just seeing your reactions. Um, yeah, it was really good. And, and being able to talk about it ap- like right after. Yeah. You know,
0: that's the thing I really, that's the thing that kills me about watching shows I love and in our streaming the the death age, of monoculture you, yeah yeah you're usually just consuming it on your own and that's why i go to those reddit comments for me yeah. that's the equivalent of like after uh, i watch an sense. episode i get yeah. to talk about it with people who who also love the show you know
1: actually i have to give a plug to the av club um it's the onions like pop culture <laughs> website it's not like a joke but so it's called the av club they have really really well written recaps of every episode of Bird Oh. Club. and for me it was kind of the same thing where after an episode, I would read the recap, and it was kind of like having a, a yeah. discussion. But like their their breakdowns are really good um, and really incisive. Hmm. Um, and yeah, it's kind of like when we watch a movie together, and afterwards we we talk about it. And you know, I yeah. I, I, mi- I kind of miss that part of like the culture. Um, that's why I like pop culture is I like the the you know the collective. Kind of like conversation and insight yeah. into things.
0: Yeah. No, I'll have to check that out. I would love to read their thoughts in the last two episodes, especially.
1: Yeah, like check it, like, it uh, out. And then, and then there's the comment section, which is also great. Yeah, and then, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And usually the comment it. sections suck, but, you know, these are, these are good. <laughs> well, nice. this
2: is why we have a, a pop culture critic.
1: That's a point in the right direction. <laughs> All right, awesome. well, I'll have to work hard for the next Will Arnett show and uh, get back to you.
0: <laughs> totally. Um, so we should probably start wrapping up soon, but before we did, I wanted to deliver a quick quarantine PSA, <laughs> um, for a lot of you, you're, this is probably your first time being stuck at home for, or working from home for an extended period of time. And, um, uh, yeah, I've been doing at the work from home thing for, I mean, my entire adult life, basically right out of college. Um, and yeah, it can be fucking hard. Um, I feel like it took me like maybe like five, six, seven years before I feel like I was able to like find a way of working at home that didn't leave me just like depressed and like just feeling like overwhelmed by life and um, I think one of the the biggest keys with that is to have some sort to have a routine, you know, which is something that that having a normal work life just provides for you um but I really think as humans like. We do need some sort of structure in our life um, to to feel functional, and I think the easiest way to tackle that is just starting off the day with a kick ass morning routine and um i yeah that's what's your what's your
1: morning over. routine jamin <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man right now it's crazy i I'm, I'm going in full overboard jamin mode it's like three hours long, and I <laughs> love it but um I will say like um I think I would distill a good morning routine down to like, you're doing some, as soon as you wake up, you're doing something kind of meditative, right? Like either actual meditation, I like to do qigong, um, but something to like start your day off, just like clearing your mind and not just, you know, not starting your day, just like swimming and all your stories and everything that you're caught up in, like how you start the day is, is eventually like how you, you know, end up doing the rest of your day. So just getting that clear mind straight off is just such a great way to start doing some form of movement, you know, whether that's some, a few pushups, I love to do jumping jacks and then I'll do, um, a workout with the X three bar, <laughs> which Alan <laughs> knows about, <laughs> but, um, or pull-ups, whatever, like getting some movement in, um, is just incredible. Like you get the endorphins going Um, it's good for your body. And then I think getting, squeezing in a little reading time where you're learning, you're about something or diving into something that you really care about, but you never make time for, right? Like reading is one of those things that just always escapes us at the end of the day, unless you're Gabe Rose, but actually carving out five to 10 minutes, like in the morning. Um, and then I think probably the element that I found most important is journaling. I actually stopped doing that for a little while. And I just reintroduced it a few months ago and every morning, just starting like five to 10 minutes where I'm just, I I usually just do a stream of consciousness and I'm just like kind of thinking out loud and I'm just like thinking about like, you know, like some of the things I've, you know, I did yesterday, like some problems on my mind. I'm trying to figure out like either health problems or even work stuff or whatever, but it, it almost feels like I'm taking this huge clutter that's in my head. And first thing, you know, in the morning, I'm just straightening it out. And everything just feels so much clearer. And then I usually just have like – it just feels obvious to me what my next steps are. And I feel like empowered and just like ready to like kind of like it's, – it's almost me setting my priorities like as I'm moving forward, you know, and just making sense of the last 24 hours. Um, it's incredible. And I feel like that's just like multiplied my own growth um, <laughs> by like 10 times because I'm just – I'm literally just – I just spend like 5 to 10 minutes every day carving out time to really just think through all the things that are going on in my life. Um, so yeah, I, I think, you know, finding your own version of that, uh, is a game changer. You know, another way to thinking about it is just like doing the most important things that you, for your life, you know, for your mind, health, soul, body, whatever, doing them first thing in the day. Um, is just an incredible way to start your day. And, um, there's a book that I, I think is, if you're interested in, creating a a morning routine that I really recommend called the miracle morning or the morning miracle. One of those two. Um, It's a little too self-helpy from my taste, but I think like the enthusiasm he has for like why setting in a morning routine is helpful is just infectious. And he has some good ideas of like why some of these things are really helpful to do. Um, And yeah, I think it's, it's a great way to, to kind of get motivated or inspired for that. Um, and yeah, and if you're feeling extra inspired, the other thing that I think has really changed my life has been actually starting my mornings with a cold shower. <laughs> <laughs> and I could talk enough about this for it to fill up an entire episode of its own, but I really do think actually that I'm kind of on this this uh, spurt of like, Growth and excitement about life and diving into my passions um, in a way that I, you know, it hasn't been, I can't think of a time in the last few years that I've been this excited and on it. And I really think the cold showers is what started spurring this. Um, I initially was doing it because my insomnia had gotten so bad that I was just so exhausted in the morning while I was living in Mexico that I like could not start my day. I just felt like shit and I would feel like shit all day long. And I'd read about cold showers. I decided to start my days with them. And it's this incredible way of like, it wakes up your body, boosts your immune system. It's just so good for you physically, reduces inflammation, but it just shoots your body full of endorphins and like adrenaline. And you like walk out of the shower feeling like, like alive and good and like just ready like to tackle the day. And I think like starting each day, doing this really difficult, scary thing, And, like, not being afraid of it and just diving into it and just having all this energy, like, it just makes the rest of your day so much easier. Like, if you've tackled the day, you start the day by tackling, like, a bear, right? Like, just this (laughs) crazy, scary thing. And the rest of the day just feels downhill. And it just allowed me to, like, from there, it just became so much easier to implement. And with the energy boost, it became so much easier for me to implement a million other things. So,
1: you know, I haven't showered since the quarantine started. <laughs> <laughs>
0: just, just using a uh, little wet naps. And- <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: that no, that like I'm very intrigued. I don't know if I can. Like you've been trying the to get only us. The downside to go. is
2: it's cold.
0: Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. It's it's so funny. It's one of those things that it has like this weird like cult following online. If you google or youtube cold showers, you'll see so many videos of someone being like cold showers changed my life. What it's like doing a year of cold showers like on and on. Um but I actually I get now that I've been doing it for like 2 or 3 months. I get why people are raving about it. It's just one it's this weird little life hack that that I really do do think like kind of becomes like this like um I don't know, it just starts like this chain reaction. Um, and I can see why, why people love it so much. And I'll also say it's, uh, incredible for your immune system, which I think right now might be something worth looking into. Um, if you want to explore this kind of stuff further for immune boosting effects, I recommend looking into this guy named Wim Hof. Have you guys heard of him? No. Oh man. This guy's He's a the legend. dude who's
2: like trained himself to like, he can <laughs> like go like half an hour underwater or something. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. This guy's really broken
0: weird. like 20 Guinness world records. And he basically does a combination of this breathing technique and uh, cold exposure. Um, that has, that's just like, inc- like incredibly boosting for immune system. Like people are able to heal chronic illnesses with this stuff. And I think the most interesting thing about it is he's had so many independent studies, like, independent researchers will come study him. And he's like, yeah, I'm totally open to it because he knows it works. And there's all these really interesting, um, yeah. Like studies that, that actually prove that he is able to do what people didn't think was possible, which is like control our autonomous systems, right? Like our immune system and things like that. He, by using breath, um, he is able to like raise it at will and, um, and able to like, yeah, like do it, crazy things like hike up a mountain, just wearing shorts, right? Like it's just wild. So
1: yeah, something to look into during these Corona times. Highly recommend it. Wait, before, before we go, I have to shout out one thing that I really liked recently, which is this movie shirkers. Um, (laughs) Y'all should watch it on Netflix. It actually does tie in with BoJack in that I think watching it felt like a therapy session. And, like, after watching it, I kind of had the same feeling that I had after watching, like, a gut punch BoJack episode where I just had to, like, breathe, go outside, and then I was like, shit, I gotta, like, create something or make some art mm. or something like that. And, and like, felt very clear, um, but also had, like, a very profound effect on me. So check out this movie Shirkers on Netflix as your pop culture expert. You know, <laughs> it's, it's my duty to, to report these things to you.
0: Indeed. Awesome. Anything else guys?
2: I think that's it. If I, if I had one closing thought, it's uh try to read the news as little as possible. <laughs>
0: <That's>, <laughs> yeah. I think I saw a tweet by Kumail Nanjiani and he was like, if you're not, if you're not freaking out, you need to be reading the news. And if you are freaking out, then you need to read less of it. Yeah. And yeah.
2: That's, I, thank you. That sums it up. Yeah. I
0: think that sums it up pretty well.
2: That sums it up. So for most of you, if you're feeling
0: that. stressed about it, you probably understand the dangers of it well enough. You can take a break.
2: <laughs> so when I was on a call with a journalist the other day, he told me the CDC is actually now either recommending or about to recommend that people consume less news. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the formal... Center for Disease Control recommendation. so
1: yeah also speaking of self-growth things um, you know during quarantine Gabe just mailed me a set of juggling balls It's <laughs> <laughs> true I did do that
2: <laughs> that's so funny before we got, got on vi- I got a video of you juggling like a champ
1: <laughs> yeah. back in, uh, in return I I think my goal for for this is I don't know how people do four like I just I don't know like the mechanics of doing four but
2: four yeah. is just two and two. I was actually watching some YouTube videos on five okay. recently. I It made me it's want curious. to try to do five for the first time. <laughs> so,
0: yeah, we we had a, a little friend retreat a few like a month ago and Gabe taught us all how to juggle. <laughs> Gabe's a great was teacher.
1: Gabe. Gabe is a great teacher. Yeah, yeah. Got a lot of people into juggling. Was, funnily before. enough,
0: I literally right before we got on a call, I was like, I'm going to talk about Wim Hof. Let me look at a few of his videos. And he made one about like what to do during these Corona times. And he's like an intense dude with like this, like white beard. And he's like, he's like, people ask what to do for working out. And he's like, all you need are three stones. He's like, take these stones two at a time first. And then I was like, oh, oh, he's talking about learning how to juggle. And he's (laughs) literally like juggling them. And he's just and he's just talking about how like it's really good for your central nervous system to like to for your brain to learn how how to do this Whoa. coordination. Damn, oh, so
2: new, ahead of the curve. Dude. Wim Hof approved. <laughs> this crazy Wim Hof dude is, is also he's Join onto us. something. Yeah, <laughs> wow.
1: I, I, I might have to take cold showers now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And juggle, at the <laughs> and same juggle time. while I'm taking cold showers.
0: <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, on that note, <laughs> you can also- find. Before we
2: go, we should just yeah. say, just be well and stay safe, everyone. Yeah. We're yeah, just really, definitely just both mentally and physically. Just, yeah. Uh, yeah, just important to all of us. I think for all of us, taking care of ourselves means different things, but just really important everyone takes care of themselves with whatever that means to you.
0: Yeah. Yourselves and each other. Let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. And on that note, this brings us to the end of the show. You can find all episodes of Guys with Feelings at guyswithfeelings.co. Shoot us an email at guyswithfeelingsshow at gmail.com. Music for the podcast is by Broke for free. And if you resonated with anything in the show, if you liked it, if if you want Alan to come back, uh feel free to leave us a review on the itunes uh store it just it helps a lot get the word out there so i'm not coming back well, what right if you want alan to stay it? away forever <laughs> yeah. should we put that the not? also leave a review please <laughs> <laughs> that's the only way he'll listen all right that'll do it for this episode until next time we hope everyone out there is able to embrace the lows celebrate the highs and appreciate the messy journey in between we'll see you guys next one later stay safe